You're listening to the Sullivan County Democrat Podcast. This podcast is being brought to you by the great folks at the Kitchen Table Cafe in Calicoon, New York. My name is Patricio Robayo, and I'm your host for this podcast episode. It's been a busy week, so let's get straight to it. In a groundbreaking announcement last week, U.S. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer declared that Sullivan County has finally received the much-needed Federal High-Intensity Drug Trafficking Area HIDA designation. The senator personally invited Dr. Raul Gupta, the director of the White House Office of National Drug Control Policy, to make this significant announcement at the Lawrence H. Cook Sullivan County Courthouse. Up until this point, Sullivan County was the only county in the Hudson Valley not included in the New York, New Jersey HIDA zone. With this designation, the county will gain access to federal resources to aid law enforcement in combating the opioid crisis and apprehending the dangerous drug traffickers. Fentanyl, a potent drug, has been responsible for 80% of the fatal overdoses in Sullivan County. In 2022 alone, the county reported 218 overdose incidents, including 24 fatalities. This designation is a crucial step forward in fighting against the drug abuse and devastating consequences. In a recent development, Garnet Health of Middletown, a local healthcare institution, announced a reduction in their workforce due to operating losses. The organization has a layoff of 49 employees, including 25 leaders, which accounts for approximately 1.13% of the total workforce. These layoffs resort in reduction of $13 million in salaries and benefits. Garnet Health attributed these layoffs to several financial challenges, including the rising supply and equipment costs, high expenses of temporary labor, and the decline in patient volumes and revenue. Johnson Schiller, the president and CEO of Garnet Health, expressed his regret over this decision stating that it was made after extensive efforts to avoid layoffs. The affected positions include 40 at Garnett Health Medical Center in Middletown Campus, 5 between Garnett Health Medical Center at Cascoo Harris and Calicoon sites, across Garnett Health doctors' various locations. Let's turn our attention to the town of Rockland, where an important decision was made regarding short-term rentals. During a recent town board meeting, the town of Rockland voted in favor of establishing regulations within the town, the meeting commenced with a public hearing discussing local law number two for the year 2023, which provide guidelines for short-term rentals. This new law aims to regulate and license residential properties used for rentals and for less than 30 days. The town board conducted thorough research to develop a law that would suit the needs of Rockland. Taking inspiration from other successful STR laws, by implementing these regulations, the town hopes to manage the challenges brought by the rapid growth of short-term rental market. Fallsburg, a small town facing effects of rapid growth, is currently grappling with a significant shortage of code enforcers, agents within its building department. Over the past year, approximately five officers have left their positions, including Molly Messenger, who has served as Fallsburg's principal code enforcement officer and Department of Public Works supervisor for 12 years. In her farewell, Messenger expressed concern over a dwindling number of building inspectors, emphasizing that this issue expands beyond Fallsburg and is a nationwide problem. She highlighted the challenges faced by the building inspectors who are now spread thin across multiple towns. While the building department doesn't have the authority to halt growth, Messenger clarified the rules and regulations governing growth are determined by the planning and zoning boards. Messenger defended her colleagues acknowledging their dedication, hard work, and managing the town's projects. She also addressed the public concerns and criticisms surrounding the building department and utility department, reiterating their importance in keeping the town running smoothly. Moving on to the town of Tustin, where preparations are underway for upcoming inventory of lead pipes throughout the town. 
the Town of Board recently reviewed and accepted Parts 1, 2, and 3 of the State Environmental Quality Review Act, CECRA, during their regular meeting on July 11th. The inventory project classified as non-invasive lead pipe inventory project is expected to collect data without any major developments planned. Helen Budrock of Delaware Engineering DPC requested that the completion of CECRA to ensure precautionary measures were taken. The review conducted were minimal environmental issues associated with the inventory. This data collection process, scheduled to be completed by October 2024, will provide valuable insights for future initiatives related to lead pipes. Shifting gears to a recent real estate transaction in Rockland, the Old Wayne Bank building has been sold to owners and operators of the Big Eddie Brewing Company and a summer pop-up eatery, Smoked Barbecue. The town board reported a small leak in the building's roof, considering the town's previous repairs of the heating system that resulted in a bursted pipe. Town Supervisor Ben Johnson suggested the town assist in repairing the leaky roof. Although the cost of repairs is yet to be determined, estimates place it between $3,000 to $4,000. Town attorney Ken Klein assured that the public the town's assistance would focus on ensuring that roof's water tightness and overall responsibility falling on the current owners. Let's conclude today's episode with a heartwarming celebration. Marjorie Van Gonhoven, a longtime Rockland resident and former Delaware Valley School District Secretary, turned 90 years old. Friends and family gathered at the Roscoe Rockland Community Center to commemorate this special occasion. Marjorie's life has been filled with various passions, and her birthday cake was adorned with homemade decorations that symbolize her interests. These decorations included black shoes to present her love for dancing, a straw hat to signify her past in military, and a banquet of flowers to honor her silk flower arrangements and business. Typewriter to present her work as a secretary at the Delaware Valley, Marjorie's dedication to crafts and her joy in the company of loved ones have been pillars of her life. When asked about her secret to longevity, she attributed to good behavior and attending church on Sundays. We wish Marjorie a very happy 90th birthday and many more joyous years to come. That's it for the Sullivan County Democrat. We have these stories and more on the pages of the Sullivan County Democrat on newsstands now. Or you can look for us online at scdemocratonline.com. If you like this podcast, don't forget to subscribe. You've been listening to the Democrat Podcast. I've been your host, Patricia Robayo. Until next week, stay safe.